Hello, this is Steve Bailey, and I heartily welcome you to another episode of Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. Now, for this episode, episode 36, I invite you to play a Laurel and Hardy scavenger hunt. What is the reward for this? Well, I'm afraid that the budget for my podcast is butt kiss. So I can't give you an actual reward, but uh, I think that finding these things will be reward enough for you. These are some uh, odds and ends available of Laurel and Hardy that are not are so short or in some cases almost insignificant that they don't really uh, warrant an entire podcast episode. But at the same time, if you're a Laurel and Hardy purist, you may want to seek these out just so you can say you've seen everything you could possibly see of them. So I tried to be as uh, comprehensive as I could on this. This is a listing of uh, things that you will find on YouTube. And just uh, you might be able to find the sources otherwhere, elsewhere on the Internet. But if you just go with these uh, YouTube entries alone, I think you'll be richly rewarded. Um, I invite you to look on other uh, outlets on the Internet, such as Vimeo or Video Daily Motion. They have a few things. But again, YouTube is pretty comprehensive in the stuff that they have. And just uh, going through this list alone should keep you pretty busy for a while. And again, I've tried to make it as complete as I can. If I've missed anything and some Laurel and Hardy enthusiast out there wants to chide me for it, I'll give you my email address at the end. But I have tried to make this as complete as possible. So here we go. First off, let me cover a couple of things that I've already mentioned on the podcast. On episode nine, I did what I called Laurel and Hardy Silent Oddities. Uh, these can, included their first short that they happened to make together. They weren't a team yet. They just happened to be paired in a movie. It was called The Lucky Dog. It was actually a Stan Laurel starring comedy from 1921. But Hardy made a pretty good guest appearance in it as well. So that was their first appearance together on film. And the second one I mentioned in that episode was The Tree in a Test Tube. 1943 short that Laurel and Hardy did on a lunch break at 20th Century Fox, uh, filming a, I guess you could call it a propaganda short, although it's not that, um, you know, jingoistic. Anyway, it was for the U.S. government showing the value of wood. And I know that doesn't sound very interesting, but they do a pantomime of all the objects, that, all the wood objects that they have upon their persons. And since Laurel and Hardy are good in pantomime, and since it's almost your only chance to see them in color, it's worth seeking out. Also, on episode 19, I covered what I called audio Laurel and Hardy. Uh, these are various recordings that they made, either for uh, one-time records or uh, radio appearances. So check out those two episodes, and that'll get you started. Now, here are some other things that I've found in my wanderings across YouTube. Uh, first off, Hats Off. Uh, I cannot review that on this podcast because it is a long-lost film of theirs in which Laurel and Hardy attempt to move a washing machine up a flight of stairs. And it's the same flight of stairs and practically the same plot line that they use in their Oscar-winning short, The Music Box. So for all these reasons, it's doubly sorry that the film has been lost for so many years. However, there are two or three people who have done some very nice reconstructions of the movie based on its shooting script and on some remaining publicity stills from the movie. So uh, what I plan to do is I will either the, give you the title of the video 
of what I'm going to explain to you, or I will tell you how to Google it on the YouTube search engine to find what I'm looking for. In this case, if you uh, type in hats off with Laurel and Hardy, that will take you to the link for that uh, reconstruction video. Another reconstruction that has been done is the Rogue Song. This is an opera starring Lawrence Tibet that was made for MGM in 1930. And Irving Thalberg, who produced the movie, decided that uh, even though there were opera fans out there who wanted to hear a talky opera, he decided that uh, since Laurel and Hardy worked under the MGM umbrella through Hal Roach, it might be good to put them in the movie as comedy insurance. So they have a few scenes together. Uh, unfortunately, that is also a, a lost film, although some scraps of it have turned up over the years. One of those being a comedy scene with Laurel and Hardy where they are trying to take shelter in a cave during a storm. Uh, it, the movie looks spotty because, or the shot looks spotty because it was shot in two-color Technicolor, and the footage that survives is pretty worn out due to the nitrate film and the, the Technicolor bleeding on it and so forth, but it's still worth watching. But someone has done an entire reconstruction of the entire movie. And the way that they've done it is, besides the clip of Laurel and Hardy, there are also a few other scenes that have turned up over the years, as well as the complete movie soundtrack. So based on that, a particular YouTube viewer has put together his reconstruction of it. Uh, I can't say that I've watched the whole thing because um, if it was a complete film and it wasn't just stills put together, it would probably be a lot more compelling. But I... Frankly, I don't want to spend an hour and a half looking at somebody's, you know, it's kind of like looking at somebody's slides of uh, their vacation trip in Montana that you really don't care about. And I, I don't mean to cast aspersions on the person who actually put the effort into it. Uh, it just, it doesn't work for me. If you want to spend an hour and a half watching it, uh, certainly, you're welcome to do so. Uh, your best bet is if you have access to a 1975 book by John McCabe uh, titled Laurel and Hardy, in this book, McCabe did complete continuity uh, synopses of all their movies and also included publicity stills in, uh, based on those movies. So if you happen to have access to that, and I realize a lot of people probably don't, but if you do, the best bet is to look up the Rogue song in that book, find out the scenes that Laurel and Hardy are actually in, and then fast forward through the reconstruction to find those scenes. Uh, again, the only complete scene is the one with them in the cave. The rest of it is just done from putting uh, movie uh, publicity still photos together. So it's for me, it's not a terribly compelling hour and a half. But again, at least I got to give credit to the guy for trying. Another interesting piece from the 1930s is the stolen jewels. Now, jewels is spelled J O O L S. The stolen jewels. This was a 1932 All Star short subject that was done. Uh, to promote, I believe it was a, sanit uh, a tuberculosis sanitarium in Los Angeles. And ironically, the short was sponsored by Chesterfield Cigarettes. So imagine how uh, ironic that connection is many years later. Nevertheless, it's a very interesting short, very funny. It, it is indeed an all-star short. Laurel and Hardy are in it for only about a minute, but it's a minute worth watching, mostly a complete gag routine. I won't spoil it for you here. Seek it out. It's worth watching for them and for the many other stars who appear in there, such as Our Gang, uh, Buster Keaton, uh, uh, 
gosh, Edward G. Robinson. I forget all the stars, but it's a pretty good who's who of Hollywood in the 1930s. So it's called the Stole. Look it up under Laurel and Hardy, the Stolen Jewels. That's J O O L S, 1931. Uh, let's see what else have we got here. I tried to keep these in order, and I got so carried away that I did not. So bear with me for a little bit. The next thing that's the again, I'm trying to do this in chronological order. The most interesting thing is probably what some people consider Laurel and Hardy movie number 107. Now, they did 106 movies together officially. That's the official count of movies that they did from 1927 to 1951. But uh, over the years, I forget the exact year, but a few years ago, somebody discovered that Laurel and Hardy had starred in a promotional short for MGM promoting their big box office hits of 1935. Apparently, this was never seen in America, only in Europe. But it's called Galaxy of Stars. Uh, the biggest debit of it is that it's only available in French. So you get to see uh, Laurel and Hardy performing their routine, but when they talk, it's dubbed over in French. Nevertheless, it's a pretty interesting oddity. So look it up under the, this title, L&H number, and they spell number in R period, L&H number 107, Galaxy of Stars, 1936. A uh, couple of interesting pieces from 1937. In that year, Hal Roach was uh, trying to expand his repertoire and be taken more seriously as a producer in Hollywood. And towards that end, he produced a musical called Pick a Star that starred Jack Haley, who was the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz, and Rosina Lawrence, who was the heroine in Laurel and Hardy's Western Way Out West. Uh, the movie itself I saw once years ago. The movie in its entirety is kind of a charming, but a little bit stretched out for its premise. The most interesting part of it is that Laurel and Hardy appear in two scenes, again, as comic insurance. Uh, the first scene is them playing themselves playing Stan and Ollie. By that, I mean James Finlayson plays a movie director who directs them, and they go through a, another comic western scene that's uh, got nothing at all to do with Way Out West. They, they play a couple of bandits with fake mustaches. And they come across a villain named, uh, who is played by Walter Long in his last appearance with Laurel and Hardy. So they go through a bottle-breaking routine, sort of a slapstick routine, and then the director yells, cut. And then Patsy Kelly, who is a, plays a visitor on the set, comes over and talks to them about the bottle-breaking routine and ends up doing a comic bit herself. In the second bit, Laurel and Hardy are waiting off camera. Uh, Ollie is reclined on a couch and Stan is sitting at the end of the couch. And for no good reason other than boredom, Stan pulls out a harmonica and starts playing. And Ollie is irritated with it at first. And then he take, he grabs the harmonica and it turns into a harmonica contest, basically. And again, it's a pretty funny routine. Someone has assembled these two short scenes, which were only about 10 minutes total and assembled them as though they were an honest-to-gosh short named Pick a Star. And that's how you can find it on YouTube. Look up uh, the title, Laurel and Hardy, Pick a Star, 1937 short. The other oddity from 1937 is that, as I guess as a gift to Stan Laurel, Hal Roach Studios film editor, Burt Jordan, assembled a gag reel of Laurel clips from Laurel and Hardy movies and titled it, That's That. Uh, it really is an oddity because uh, 
it seems, although it has Laurel and Hardy in it in clips, it seems like more of an inside joke as these sort of reels are. But again, it's an oddity worth seeking out if you want to be a Laurel and Hardy completist. Uh, other things that I have, and I've already gone out of order, so please forgive me, but uh, let's go back to 1932. Laurel and Hardy did a promotional trip to London. Actually, I think is what, it was, well, it was a promotional trip on behalf of MGM. They had regarded it as sort of a vacation, but actually every time they, everywhere they went in uh, London and elsewhere, they got mobbed, and it was their first real uh, realization that they had become honest-to-gosh movie stars because fans just mobbed them everywhere they went. So there are a couple of clips of that on YouTube. One of them is where Stan Laurel visits his dad, and that's what the title of it is. Stan Laurel visits his dad in England, 1932. That runs a couple of minutes. And then there's another one, a uh, newsreel from uh, Britain called Movie Comedians See the Big City. So look that look it up under that title, Movie Comedians See the Big City, Laurel and Hardy, and you'll find a Hearst Metrotone newsreel from 1932 of their trip over there. Uh, next, what do we have? Let's see. Uh, all right. Then they also went overseas in 1947 when they toured music halls. And as a result of that, there are a couple of clips of that online. And if you look up under this title, Laurel and Hardy British Pathé, P-A-T-H-E. Pathé was the name of the movie studio, the newsreels. You will find... Uh, two newsreel clips of them doing their, well, coming to Europe and to do their tour. Uh, the next interview uh, piece. Oh, I skipped one, and I'm in, I apologize. I'm going back and forth. I tried to do this in chronological order, so please forgive me. Uh, there was an MGM movie from 1934 called Hollywood Party, and it was a very notorious production because it took nearly a year to make and I, I believe they used about a dozen directors on the set at various times. And ironically, no, at the end, no director wanted credit for any of it. Well, again, Comic Insurance was uh, bought in the form of Laurel and Hardy. They appeared in two short scenes. One of them is where they come to Jimmy Durante's home. Uh, I, although he plays, he doesn't play Jimmy Durante, he plays a character whose name I forget. Anyway, he sold. He they delivered a lion to his uh, mansion, and Laurel and Hardy, in their usual naive way, accepted payment in not check or money, but in tiddlywinks. And they went all around town to find that nobody accepted that as currency. So they've come back to the mansion to demand their money, and come across a very burly and unhelpful butler named, uh, played by Tom Kennedy, who they keep running into at the door. Now, Warner Brothers, who owns the rights to this movie now, has reduced that scene to a 53-second clip, which I don't know why, because it runs longer and is very funny. But you can at least see that. The main highlight of the movie is with Laurel and Hardy is where they do a tit-for-tat routine with a famous Mexican starlet Lupe Velez. And that you can find under the title Lupe Velez E, uh, letter Y, Laurel and Hardy. Very funny routine. Another one I've skipped over that I've just discovered again is from 1929. 
another all-star film. It was one of MGM's first big all-star uh, musical talkies. It was called The Hollywood Review of 1929. And in it, Laurel and Hardy have a short routine where they play stage musicians, magicians, excuse me, magicians. And uh, Stan keeps botching up their act by uh, revealing the tricks of the, of the, the act. So that you can find under Laurel and Hardy, Hollywood Review of 1929. Okay, I think that's everything previous to 1950, I hope. <laughs> uh, now then, uh, Laurel and Hardy in 1950 were going to Europe to film their final movie, Atoll K. And there is an interview that was done on board the ship that they were on. Uh, interviewing Oliver Hardy and uh, asking about the movie and some other things. Look it up under Oliver Hardy Interview 1950. Uh, then from the 50s, let's see, 1954, as you may or may not know, Laurel and Hardy were sort of forced to appear on the Ralph Edwards program, This Is Your Life. Uh, the host, Ralph Edwards, would uh, finagle some celebrity into coming on and then would condescendingly tell the man or woman his, their own life story and punctuate it with guests. You know, oh, from, you know, from your childhood, we have Miss So-and-so. Here she is. And uh, kind of a sentimental crock is what it was, although a lot of people loved it. Uh, not among those people were Laurel and Hardy. They were uh, having a meeting with Stan's agent. And they thought they were having just an agent meeting with him. And uh, suddenly in the middle of the meeting at the hotel, uh, the cameras burst in and said, oh, here we are, this is your life. Well, Stan didn't take too well to that, and there are various stories as to what happened after that. Uh, when you see the footage of it, look up under Laurel and Hardy, This Is Your Life, 1954. You see the complete episode, including that opening that I just mentioned, and then you see Ralph Edwards kind of nervously ad-libbing for the first few minutes before Laurel and Hardy actually get out there. There are two alternating stories as to why he had to add them. One is that the hotel was so far away from the Knickerbocker Theater where the show was being filmed or brought, taped live that they got caught in traffic before they could get there. The other story, and this is the one I find easier to believe, is that Stan Laurel had to be talked into doing the show at all. Uh, if, you actually, if you watch him all the way through the show, he's very smiling, very polite, and yet he doesn't say one more word than he has to. So it's well documented uh, afterwards that Stan Laurel was disgusted with the whole enterprise because probably because he felt that uh, Ralph Edwards was getting two very potent talents for at no cost at all when Laurel and Hardy were eager to appear uh, anywhere in somebody's movie or TV show for pay. So with all that said, it's another oddity that's worth watching if you want to be a completist. And it is kind of interesting. It has, uh, as the guests that he, Ralph Edwards brings on, one of them is Leo McCary, the director who was seminal in bringing Laurel and Hardy together as a team. And another one is Vivian Blaine, who appeared in the Fox feature Jitterbugs with them. Strangely enough, she was popular at the time for uh, being in Guys and Dolls on Broadway. Uh, and when she comes on, she doesn't mention anything about her time with Laurel and Hardy, the, the filming of Jitterbug. She mentioned something else. So it's a typical Hollywood mishmash of bringing on Laurel and Hardy for their star value and then not doing anything to show why they were stars. 
So uh, watch it at your peril, I would say. Uh, another one from the 50s is a very famous or infamous, however you look at it, home movie that was taken, I believe, by a fan in 1956 who was visiting Stan Laurel at his house when uh, Babe Hardy happened to be there as well. Uh, other than the clip in the Rogue song and the tree in a chest tube, this is your only chance to see Laurel and Hardy in color. And you will probably be very surprised by Hardy's appearance because he had shed about, I think, 100 or 150 pounds at that point. So he's still kind of recognizable as Ollie, but certainly not uh, quite the same as he was. But again, uh, interesting thing to check out, at least. And then... In 1959, Stan Laurel, I don't know how it came about, but he did a radio interview with a professor about one week after Oliver Hardy's death, and that can be found on YouTube under Stan Laurel Interview, 1959. Uh, let's see if I missed anything. Okay, next is, and I mentioned this with a grain of salt, there is a tape of The Funeral of Stan Laurel. And... I'm mixed emotions about this. I mentioned it just, again, to be a completist. It's kind of ghoulish because somebody appeared to try to get entertainment value out of the making of film of the funeral of Stan Laurel. But in its own way, it's kind of interesting. And uh, they're mawkish, too. They use this for soundtrack music. They use Barbra Streisand singing the Charlie Chaplin song, Smile. But I got to admit, it's got a couple of interesting segments to it. One is that Dick Van Dyke did a eulogy at Laurel's funeral. Unfortunately, he does not include the complete eulogy, but at the end he recited a poem that he felt was appropriate for Stan, God Bless All Clowns. And you can hear the audio of that on the film. And also it's interesting to see the celebrities and uh, stars who actually did come to Stan Laurel's funeral, including Dick Van Dyke, as well as Buster Keaton, uh, their one-time co-star Patsy Kelly, and several other recognizables. So it's worth watching for that, at least. And um, post-Laurel and Hardy uh, living, if I may be so blunt, there are a few other things worth seeking out on YouTube as well. Uh, one of them, oh, I, one of them that I missed is, I don't want to give the complete title because you'd be searching for it forever, uh, on the YouTube search engine, look up Stan Laurel Oscar. As you probably know, he was awarded an honorary Oscar for his uh, lifetime achievement in uh, movies in 1960. And there's a clip of him, I believe it's from, well, I don't know what the exact year is. Probably shortly after he received the Oscar, you can see him in color and his, in his apartment in Santa Monica doing a gag routine with the Oscar, uh, cleaning it with a handkerchief and looking at it and so forth. Kind of interesting to look at. Um, after that, a couple of other things. Post-mortem, um, again, if I might indulge myself. Uh, there was a British documentary done by the BBC in 1974 called Cuckoo, hosted by British comics Morecambe and Wise. Uh, I have a big, big hang-up about the documentaries that have been done about Laurel and Hardy, a couple of which I will reference here. I've never seen one that gets the facts completely right, and I don't understand this. Uh, they, are, thanks to John McCabe starting uh, leading the troop in 1961, and uh, reaching their peak with Randy Scredvet in 1987, Laurel and Hardy are, pro are probably among the best documented comedians uh, who ever appeared in movies. Uh, 
So it annoys me when they get these facts wrong, like Stan got married eight times and all sorts of garbage. Well, there's a couple of instances like that in Cuckoo that you have to overlook if you know the real facts. But it's a heartfelt tribute to them, and it has many interesting celebrity comments in it from people such as, again, Dick Van Dyke and also Jerry Lewis and several others. So it's nice to see, even though the facts sort of trip you up. Uh, the other documentary I wanted to mention is uh, Laurel and Hardy, A Tribute to the Boys, which was done in 1992 and hosted by Dom DeLuise. Uh, again, a mixed bag because they don't get the facts right. At the end of it, Dom DeLuise actually, ding, uh, actually says that Ollie was, at, excuse me, Stan Laurel was at Oliver Hardy's bedside when he died, which is far from the case. Uh, they met one time before he died. Uh, not on his deathbed, you know, actually was when he was actually dying, but, bef but before he actually did die. So my point is, that didn't happen. And uh, it's well documented. I don't know why they include stupid stuff like that. Also, all of the clips from, the movie, from their movies are colorized, which if they have the black and whites available, I'd much rather see them that way. But again, it's, it means well, and it has in, interviews with a few interesting uh, celebrities, including Walter Matthau, and also, surprisingly, Johnny Carson, who was usually reclusive about doing such things, but I guess he acquiesced because he was such a big fan of Laurel and Hardy. So that one is worth watching. Another clip that I forgot to mention that I've come across again in my notes, uh, as I mentioned, Laurel and Hardy did music hall tours in Europe in the 1940s and late 40s and early 50s. Someone managed to find a recording of them doing a sketch called On the Spot, which was Stan Laurel's stage adaptation of their short 1930 short subject, Night Owls. Uh, you can get the complete recording of it, but not on YouTube. Um, there's a trailer, a commercial for it on YouTube to find out how to get it, but I think it costs like $100 because it comes with a complete audio CD of the book, of the sketch, also a book about their European tour and all that, and much as I love Laurel and Hardy, I have not found it my way to spending $100 for this. But there is a, a nice 45-second audio clip from the show. Not much, only 45 seconds, but if you look up Laurel and Hardy in On the Spot, 1952, you can listen to it. Uh, the only other, the last thing I wanted to mention was, uh, almost apropos of nothing, but still it's interesting, Dick Van Dyke appeared on the on Conan O'Brien's talk show, Conan, uh, in 2017, and he explained how he came to meet Stan Laurel, which is probably a familiar story to you. But nevertheless, it's interesting to hear from Dick Van Dyke's own mouth. So if you look up uh, Dick Van Dyke talks about meeting Stan Laurel, you can see the clip for yourself. So I hope that has given you enough uh, food for thought and enough stuff to go searching for on YouTube uh, on uh, your weekend or your spare time. As I say, uh, all of it isn't uh, Oscar-winning material, but if you are a Laurel and Hardy completist, as I am, it's well worth seeking out. Let me end with now with my usual blatant plugs. For the last 18 years, I have hosted a website devoted to Laurel and Hardy, including my reviews of their team movies, reviews of some of their biographies, interviews with their biographers, and sundry other Laurel and Hardy minutiae to keep you amused for hours on end. You can find it at the URL 
leavemlaughing.moviefever.com. That's leavemlaughing.moviefever.com. Uh, for the as for the podcast, uh, the podcast has a Facebook page devoted to it, which has the same name as the podcast: Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, Laurel and Hardy. So look it up that way. And on the cover photo of that Facebook page, you will see the URL for the podcast website, as well as URLs for all the venues where this podcast is available, including iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, and. Uh, I'm sorry, I already mentioned Anchor. They are the parent website that sponsors the podcast. And finally, if you have any feedback that you would like to give to me about the podcast, be it positive or negative, I'm always willing to read it. So please email me at hardboiledeggsandnuts at outlook.com. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome, and please feel free to indulge in the 35 previous episodes that I have recorded. If you're listening to this via iTunes, uh, I would appreciate your leaving a star rating and or a review of the podcast. It really helps. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you will continue to do so. Please subscribe if at all possible. And until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying goodbye. Goodbye.